I want you to take a moment to think about a situation that is peaceful. What are you picturing? What is the context? What's the environment? What's going on? Sometimes a better way of thinking about it is, what's not happening? Where aren't you? I think a lot of times in our lives when we think about peace, we think about very specific things that are present and very specific things that are absent. And today you're going to hear a story that you would think would be absent of peace. It's a story that involves sexual abuse, domestic violence, divorce, the loss of a loved one, and it is also the story of an indescribable peace. In fact, we hit this verse, Philippians 4, 7, in the midst of it. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The New Living Translation puts it like this, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And I want this episode to be an encouragement for any of you right now that feel like peace is far off, that peace is impossible right now to grasp. Because the peace of God, it exceeds anything we can understand. It can exist in the context that we could never imagine peace can exist. So I want to encourage you to take the time to listen to Althea's story and be encouraged because God is God, God is good, and he wants you to know his peace. You're listening to episode 48 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are God and you are good. And I just want to thank you for your timing. One, and your timing in in bringing Althea and I just in connection earlier this year, your timing in keeping us from recording a couple months ago, your timing in allowing us to be able to record today. And we just trust your timing. We trust you know why it had to be today and not last week or last month. And we just thank you that this time isn't about us, but it's about you, about your stories, about your glory. And so in that, we just release all our words, all our plans, all our thoughts to you. We invite in the spirit, take us wherever we need to go with this, because we want you to be glorified and we want others to know what we know about you, how powerful and loving and amazing you are. And so this is your podcast. This is your time. And we thank you for the privilege of being a part of it. Let's pray in his holy name. Amen. Amen. I'm really excited to be virtually sitting with Althea. Althea and I connected a few months back shortly after, you know, the death of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. And we had a conversation on her podcast about that, Uh, but we've stayed in contact and I knew that she had some amazing stories and I just had this sense that God wanted me to invite her on. And so I actually don't know the story she's going to tell, but I'm excited to hear it. Um, so yeah, Althea, I'm, I'm really grateful for you. What is the one paragraph back of your autobiography? <laughs> Who are you? So, uh, and Paul, thank you so much for allowing me to be on your show. Yeah. Um, it's always interesting when um, I'm on the flip side, um, being interviewed versus being the interviewer. But right. um, 
So as uh, uh, Paul said, my name is Althea Richardson. I am the CEO and founder of WOVE, which stands for Women of Vision and Excellence. And it is my mission to inspire, encourage, and uplift women and the men who love them to becoming all that they were predestined to be. And it starts with restoration. I have two beautiful children, uh, two teenagers that are, we actually just moved here in San Antonio, maybe about a month or so ago. Actually, it's a month today, as a matter of fact, that we've been in San Antonio. I'm excited about what God is doing in our lives and and also anticipating what he's going to do for us as well. So, Paul, thank you so much for allowing me to share my story. Yeah. And before we get into your story, I want to make sure anybody who might be about to click off soon, I want to make sure that they hear how they can connect with Wove. So how can somebody connect with Wove? Absolutely. So I have a new website. It is Wove Inspiration and Wove is W-O-V-E Inspiration and it's dot com. You can also contact me via email if you're interested in being a guest on my show as well at W-O-V-E Inspiration at gmail.com. My podcast is on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. And I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Wove Inspiration. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear your story. And, and when we were talking back and forth with each other, you said you immediately knew what story um, you wanted to share. So let's just jump right in. Tell me your story, Althea. Sure. So with any story, there there has to be a beginning in order to understand where that person is today. And so from the beginning, I started at the age of five, I was um, molested by a family member Hmm. while I was asleep. And so because of that situation, it it became a domino effect in different uh, decision-making for me and relationships and all kinds of crazy things that took place thereafter. So if anybody has experienced child sexual abuse before, as you know, it does affect your way of life and your decision making. For some people, it'll be the extreme right where you don't want any relationships, you don't want to be with anybody or the extreme left where you're looking for love in all the wrong places, Mm. um, trying to find the one a true person to be to spend the rest of your life with and just looking for someone that can fill your heart that missing piece that was taken away and so for me I was the extreme left and all types of crazy relationships that I was in made a lot of bad decisions including one marriage that I had that was, uh, I'd say it lasted about two years. Technically, we were only married six months because of the fact that he was on drugs. He was out there on the streets doing all kinds of crazy things, smoking crack cocaine. And, and so that became his love as opposed to us being together and, you know, having a a marriage and everything. And it didn't really start off that way. When I first met him, he was kind and sweet and, you know, and, and generous and funny. And 
he had all the attributes that I, I had prayed uh, and asked God for. But there was that one thing that just hindered our marriage from being the, the way that I, I wanted it to be. I prayed for it to be. And that was the drugs. Mm-hmm. So it was an experience, <laughs> to say the least. For example, there were times my car was taken away from me and used as a means of payment for drugs. Mm-hmm. And so there were times that I would not have a car to get to work. So we went back and forth on on that. And, and I prayed and he he was a believer. Hmm. He was a he was a believer, but this thing, this drug, had a really strong hold on him. And so you can pray, but for but so much for that person to the point where you know they have to make up their minds that they want help. And even when he did get help, and this was maybe I think he went to rehab maybe seven or eight times. And he would do okay for a period of time. And then he slowly get back into his routine. It just, I think towards the end, it got really, it got harder and harder for him to really come out of that lifestyle. And I continued to pray for him and, and cry and pray and cry, believing that God would deliver him. But there had to be a point where I had to say, God, I don't know what else to do. What is your will in this particular situation? Because I know that you want the best for me. And and I know that this isn't the type of marriage that you had designed for me. Mm. And I had to finally ask God, you know, can I, I need to be released from this because I I can't do this anymore. Mm. So towards the end, things started to change. And he, at one point, he became so bad that he started stealing stuff out of the house. Mm. And one of the things that he was trying to take from me was my very first laptop that I bought. And um, he had came home from a binge and I guess he was looking for more to get more. And he went upstairs into our bedroom to get my laptop. And I tried to stop him as he was coming back downstairs and he, I mean, I'm standing on the stairwell, he's standing on the stairwell stairwell, and I'm trying to keep him from coming down with my laptop. And he basically just knocked me over. Oh, wow. And I told him, I said, if you walk out of that door with this laptop, never come back. And, you know, he made that decision to go ahead and leave. And the next time that I saw him, I was serving him papers uh, to the halfway house that he ended up uh, living in. Wow. Yeah. So that was it was pretty, pretty tough. And I was the type of person that did not want to be a part of a statistic. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a part of that that divorce rate where, you know, in a short period of time, usually people say, um, if you make it past seven years, you're doing really good. Well, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I wasn't even close to that <laughs> at all. Yeah. And, and this was my first marriage and I really wanted to make it work because 
prior to that, that was my heart's desire. I wanted to be married and I wanted to start a family and, and I wanted to do all of those things. Now, God being who he is, I, I think this whole, the whole situation for me was kind of like a, kind of like a joke because, and the reason why I say that is because my, my maiden name is Martin. Mm-hmm. His last name was Martin. Mm-hmm. We weren't related. Uh-huh. And we definitely checked. <laughs> we definitely checked. Uh-huh. But his name and my name, we had the same last name, basically. When we divorced, I was basically starting all over again from the beginning. Wow. With nothing really lost. We didn't have any children together. We just basically went our separate ways because he didn't have anything. And I was the one that had everything before he came into the picture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's at that part of my life. I have to I feel like I have to share because there is at some point that you say, you know what? I don't want no relationship. I don't want to be with anybody. I just want to be. And this was me. I don't want to be single. All I want to do is serve God. That's all I want to do. I want to focus on God and do whatever his will is and mm-hmm. and everything. And I just put that aside, put God first and put relationships aside. And so in doing that, I believe that God had placed a desire in my heart to do something I never thought I would do that would eventually take me to the next level. And that was I had a desire to want to promote gospel music. Hmm. I've always been a big fan of of all types of uh, genres of music anyway, but gospel rap was like, is and still is like my ultimate. I just love gospel rap. Mm-hmm. So my thing was, I want to start promoting that and in turn also sharing the gospel with young people. So um, through a general conversation with someone, I was mentioned that to my friend and she was like, hey, I know someone who has a record label. I was like, really? So this person had meetings every Tuesday night and it was suggested that I go to this meeting. I was like, "Okay, cool. I want to see what this is all about. So I go to the meeting. It's myself and my best friend's husband, because he was interested in in music as well. And so when we both showed up at the uh, guy's house and and he answers the door, he's looking at me like, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) This whole time, he's looking at me like really strange. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? Mm. Um, We're sitting at the table. It's a pretty big table. And it was a group of us um, attending this meeting and still he kept staring at me. I'm like, okay, within myself, I'm like, God, what is going on here? (laughs) This is crazy. Meeting is over with everybody's starting to leave, but he asks me to stay behind. Now I'm thinking in my mind, you know, we're just going to continue talking about the record label and, you know, just share my vision and my mission of, you know, what I, what God had placed in my heart to do. And in addition to that, I was also working on my uh, women's ministry. And so Mm -hmm. I shared that with him as well. 
and conversation was great. I didn't think anything of it. Now, keep in mind, before I started this, I was saying I did not want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. All I want to do is focus on God. I just want God to use me however he wants me to be used. And so it, the conversation between the guy and I was really good. And, um, you know, I left out uh, that night and was like feeling really good about it, still trying to figure out why he kept staring at me. Mm-hmm. So I go home, I uh, get myself prepared for the next day for work and everything. And I get a phone call and I'm like, okay, who's calling me? This is around nine, nine thirty at night. And it was him calling to check on me. I'm like, what is really going on with this? <laughs> I'm trying not to think anything at all. This, I don't know what this dude's problem is. I don't have time focusing on God. So we had, he, I let him know, you know, yeah, I made it home safely and everything in the conversation. That night as I were, was preparing to uh, go to bed, I was uh, when it take a shower and everything, God had spoken to me and he said, that is your husband. Hmm. I'm like, God, I'm not trying to hear you. <laughs> I'm not trying to hear you. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm literally arguing back and forth in my shower with God. Like, God, I know this. No, I only want to serve you. I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't want to be hurt again. I don't want to go through that drama ever, ever, ever again. But God said otherwise over and over again. I'm like, I, it just, I didn't sleep very well that night, needless to say. Mm-hmm. I tell my, uh, I called the next day after I got off work, I called my best friend to let her know how the meeting went and all of the, what was going on and him staring at me. And the first thing that she tells me, she said, you know, that your husband, right? I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, are you kidding me? I'm like, I'm not trying to hear you. Well, I'm just telling you, that's your husband. Hmm. (sighs) Okay, so time goes on. Um, He's calling. I'm thinking mindset is, uh, my mindset was music. And we had talked extensively about the women's ministry and my vision. That was all I was thinking about. But he wanted to set up a one-on-one with me to um, really get to know where I wanted to go with the ministry as well as my part in the um, in the music industry. And us. so I went over there, and he had cooked dinner. <laughs> <laughs> if he would tell it that it was his biscuits that he made that was what drew me to him, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and we had a really good conversation. And as time went on, my heart changed and opened. And long story short, uh, we were married. I was I, now. Let me let me go back a little bit. I was divorced in January. And when I met my husband, it was February, and we were married May of 2001. Wow. Yeah. And I guess you could say it from there, the rest is history. We were married for 18 years. Hmm. We had two 
beautiful children together. He had children of previous marriage. Um, so, but I still consider them my children. So he, he had, he had two boys and a daughter and then together we had a daughter and a son and, um, and the rest is, is history. Now, through trials and tribulations, we went through a whole lot financially. And you would think that if most, most people that are in a marriage that struggle financially, usually that's one of the main factors that would tear a, a relationship apart. But that was actually something that drew us together. Mm. And we both had a heart for ministry and for helping people. And I knew going forward, um, even in the stories that he shared of him giving away stuff to people because God told him to, he gave away Mercedes. He gave away a lot of things because God let him to do that. And, and in short, you know, he, God blessed him for his obedience. Hmm. Two years ago, we started the uh, Unity Ministries Global. Well, actually, his his ministry had already been established, but the church started. Uh, we started growing the church back in I want to say 2014. We started growing the ministry more and more. We got we were doing television. We were doing um, outdoor concerts. We were doing a lot of different things. Um, but it got to the point where he was doing so much that he wasn't eating right. He wasn't uh, exercising the way that he should. And he was so honed in on doing God's work that he forgot to take care of himself. Hmm. And so uh, last year, 2019, it caught up with him hmm. and he went he went home. To, to God. Uh, actually, it was the day after my birthday. Wow. He passed away. I was, my birthday was November 19th, and he passed away November the 20th hmm. um, of a heart attack. Yeah. That's, that's the relationship in a nutshell. It's, it's been hard. Yeah. At times. When he passed away, I I knew something was wrong because there were certain things that he would say and do that didn't make sense. But he assured me he was okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is about some men. They just don't want to share if they're in pain or if they're feeling some kind of way. It was really hard for me to even get him to go to the doctor just for a checkup. I had to kind of trick him to go get to have a checkup because he just would not go because he constantly, 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 constantly kept going, 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 ministry, doing this, doing that. He was involved with the Houston Police Department. He was involved with the Sheriff's Department because we were working on a chaplaincy program. So he was constantly going all the time. Mm -hmm. And there was times where he would get mad at me because I'm telling you really need to slow down. You, you Mm -hmm. really need to take some time and rest because you're doing too much. And 
he just felt like he had to keep going and keep doing what he, what he needs to do for the ministry and for everything else that we were doing. And it was a lot of stuff that we were, were doing in ministry. But unfortunately, it, it caught up with him. Yeah. It was a lot of things that I, would, I noticed. Um, he was slowing down a lot more, but still pushing himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, com- he would complain about having chest pains. I'm like, we need to go to the hospital. We need to go to the doctor, please. No, I'm okay. And no, I'm okay. So yeah. God kind of prepared me and actually mm-hmm. prepared, uh, my kids as well, because we just, we just, we kept trying to get him to slow down, but he never would. And so when he had passed away, it was horrible. But at the same time, it was there was peace. There mm-hmm. was peace because I believe that God was saying he's he's run the race. He didn't ran himself ragged, but he's mm-hmm. run the race. He's finished this course. It's now time for me to take him home. Yeah. And the one main thing that I can I can say is that he did leave a legacy because there are so many people that he came across. Everyone from the grocery store person to the get, maybe someone at the gas station to the mail person, he made a difference in their lives. And during his funeral, every single person said, he changed my life. He Hmm. changed my life. And so I was, after that, I was like, you know what? He did his job. He fulfilled his legacy by making a difference in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, that's powerful. I really appreciate you sharing everything you've been sharing. And I mean, there's, <laughs> there are so many hard moments within your story that I think it can be easy for someone to focus in on that and really emphasize how hard a space that is But what your story demonstrates is God's power in the midst of those challenges. Um, Mm -hmm. One question that came to my mind is, you know, it's been around 10 months um, since he passed, you know, and God has been shown himself in unique ways throughout your story at different pieces. Who has God been in the last 10 months for you? I can um, truly say that he has been my my rock and my salvation. <laughs> mm. He's also been someone that has kept me in peace and that peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm-hmm. That particular scripture alone, it, it has a whole new meaning for me. Yeah. It's, it's that peace where you cannot even explain to anyone why you feel so much peace. And people wouldn't even believe you if you told them why Mm -hmm. you feel so much peace. It's grace. It's mercy. It's it's really hard to put into words. Every single day, people that were calling to check on me, I guess they were expecting me to be somewhere in a corner, just broken and and not wanting to function or anything but I was there was so much peace within me 
And that's how I knew. I was like, God, you are definitely walking me through this Mm -hmm. because there are other people that may not be as strong as I am. Um, And it's not to say that I didn't have my moments because there were times where it, it was really hard for me to even hear his voice. Trying to watch his sermons was at one point, it was challenging and I would just break down and, and everything. And my daughter being, she was actually a super help to me. And, and as well as my son, they were both so helpful to me. And the side note to this is that they were the ones that actually found him. Hmm. Wow. We, we all had, we all sit, and have conversations. We have open conversations about, you know, what happened and, you know, how, how we handled this and how are you feeling today? We do check-ins. Um, we did check-ins almost every day from, the, from that day forward. We haven't um, had to do them as often, but there's like a, um, a board that we have on our refrigerator that has the different emojis on there for how you're feeling. Are you feeling sad, bored, uh, numb, uh, happy, angry, bitter, things of that sort. So we would, we made a conscious effort to mark on there how we're feeling that day so that we can encourage each other and, and keep each other accountable to make sure that we we're okay Mm -hmm. it's it's really hard to put into words i'm sorry it Mm -hmm. is to 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 describe the love of god is if it wasn't for god i i honestly would not been able to function today and so i'm thankful and grateful that god has kept me and, and continues to use me to be able to share my story with other women and men that may have lost a loved one, a, a, a mother, a father, a brother, a sister. It's not an easy thing, but it's a process that you go through. And as the days go on, it gets easier and easier, but I would never tell anyone that it's, it, there's a certain time that you'll get over it. There is no certain time. It can be before, when I leave this earth is when I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But at, at right now, my father keeps me and, and he, he helps me every single day, keep going forward. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the verse Philippians four, seven, that you, um, you know, referencing the, the peace of God, mm-hmm. you know, Philippians four, seven says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that's a verse that is, is ingrained in me uh, for many reasons, but in part, because my mom actually lost her husband, my dad, mm-hmm. when he had a heart attack, he was 36 and, oh. um, as you were telling the story, it was reminding me of pieces of it where uh, my dad really wasn't uh, very vocal about the pain he was experiencing, things that were going on. He didn't talk about it much, but my mm-hmm. mom, just like you, could sense that something was up. And, you know, one of the examples she gave that she told me about one time is that he used to always carry us up the stairs by our by our feet. 
And on the night that he passed, he didn't. And she just could tell something was off. Um, but that's yeah. a verse that she is held tight to and, uh, you know, has been her license plate on her truck. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and you're right. It's, it is something you, you can't explain it. You know, the verse again, it says it transcends all understanding and it's not just that it's unexplainable, but it doesn't make sense. It shouldn't exist. It's why someone can look at you and in their mind, they're thinking Althea should not be okay right now. She should be fine. What is happening? And what a beautiful thing it is to be able to say, instead of being able to say, well, I meditated today or I, you know, got away on vacation. It's like, all I can tell you is it's God. It's nothing that I did and it is all in who he is. That's an amazing thing. Absolutely. I mean, it, there, like I said, there are times where it just becomes very overwhelming and God puts certain people in your life that, you know, you, you'll have those that will call and check on you to make sure you're okay. But then there are some that are in your life and and at the right time they they'll send a message or like one person um that i actually had interviewed on my show um she had lost her husband of 20 years and she lost her son Mm. and i did not know this until i interviewed her on that, that day I interviewed her and I was like, and this was maybe a month or so later after um, everything had taken place with my husband. And so I believe that God had placed her in my life at that appointed time to let me know and remind me, yes, I am still with you because maybe a month or so after our interview, she sent me a book on grief That was, and I still read it um, every now and then, but I was reading it almost every day because the words was just so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how did you, I called, I was like, how did you know? She said, I've lost, remember I lost my husband and she had lost her son a year after her husband had passed. Mm -hmm. And she was able to minister to me not only on the show that I was interviewing her on, but then thereafter, we have been really good friends ever since. And mm-hmm. she checks on me um, off and on and I check on her off and on. And it's just been uh, like an, there was another person, same situation. She had lost her husband, but she described it just as I was saying that it's that peace that surpasses all understanding that keeps you moving forward in the things of God, because we, we have to keep moving forward. And one of the things that I have also learned during this time is about death and, and it not being the end, but really the beginning for that other, for that person yeah. going forward in, in the kingdom of God. It's like they finished their race. Now they're doing, uh, a new thing in, in, in the kingdom of God, it's like, okay, so I I've, I've got a better understanding about death and, and, you know, I'm not saying that it's like, it's, it's not bad. It's a bad feeling when you lose a loved one, but it's, it's when you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you know where you're going, 
it's actually a victory for them because I tell people it's like, you know what? He's doing way better than I am right now. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> he's in a much better place right now. You know, he was a drummer as well. So I was like, he's probably, you know, playing drums for 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 God, you know. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. So he's but- doing good. And and what you bring up is a really interesting thing and, and why it's hard for us to understand something like peace, because our understanding says that peace is the absence of pain, right? But yes. what you experience is peace isn't the absence of pain and it, it isn't even the absence of scars, mm-hmm. um, but it's the ability and the capacity to keep, like you said, moving forward, even when those things exist. And, and a question that came to my mind is, you know, it, it actually popped in my mind when you were talking about how you and your kids still have check-ins. Hey, how are you today? How are things going? How are you feeling? And mm-hmm. I imagine that's going to be something that's ongoing. You know, you mentioned that part of your story, you you can't tell your story in full without mentioning the trauma of the sexual abuse of the past. And, right. you know, and and for some people, as you mentioned, that trauma can be all-consuming. But- mm-hmm you know, you were given freedom and release, but my guess is, is that there are elements of that trauma. Like it's not that it was totally eliminated, that there are still scars and things that exist. And so my question is, um, you know, what has God shown you about how it is that you're able to move forward through trauma, trauma of sexual abuse or of someone with um, substance abuse addictions or, you know, you know, divorce or a loss of a loved one. How do you move forward through trauma when the scars remain? There's it's a one day at a time deal for some people. For me, as I continue to grow closer and closer to God, having went through as much as I did, there was a period of time where I I had to surrender my, my whole being to God. Mm -hmm. And that was around the time that I, that I was divorced, uh, getting divorced or in the process of being divorced. When the, the, the gavel was hit and I was walking out of the courtroom it felt like that part felt like death to me as well. Mm. And I was like, God, I, I, I don't know what to do. I've been through so much. And I went home on that day and I just cried my eyes out and, and just screamed. And, and I'm like, God, I don't, I, why, why do I keep going through this kind of stuff? Why, why has all of this taken place? And then one of the things, like I said earlier, is that my love—I have a love for music. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I had a um, carousel that you could put like eight CDs on there so that it rotates and everything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, with with that, I uh, my way of trying to draw near to God was listening to music. And on that day. I was when I started playing music and everything, there were songs that played that just ministered to my spirit so much. I mean, it was I think I was in praise and worship for about a good three hours on that day, Mm -hmm. just pouring myself out to God, just stretched out on the floor, crying um, just, just wanted God to just overwhelm me so much 
that I would be set free. And on that day was when I was set free. So it's a surrendering completely and totally unto God and just allowing God to, to just love on you. And, and I know that for some women that may have experienced um, sexual abuse or domestic violence, that can be a really hard thing to do because it's hard to uh, believe that someone can love you that much having went through as much as they did hmm. um, or having um, been abused by someone that was supposed to love them unconditionally or yeah. having been molested by a father or a family member. It's really hard to see that there is a God that can love you that much through all of that, that they went through. But there is a God that loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. Hmm. And he wants you to know that he is there with you and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Hmm. And so For me, it was building up from there and just allowing God to just reshape me, reshape my mind, reshape who my understanding of who I am and whose I am, and then just going forward. And it was a gradual process. There's still there was still some residue. But when he also, when God had also brought my 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 uh, husband that passed away, when he brought him into my life, he brought somebody into my life that understood me as well and understood my heart and and understood everything that I had went through. Mm-hmm. And so with him being someone that encouraged me and loved me unconditionally the way that I had always wanted. Um, and God continuing to build um, build me up as well on a one-on-one. Um, I just continued going forward from there to where I am today, where, you know, I, I walk in total in, in the Holy Spirit in everything that I do, every decision that I make, every move I make has to be led by Holy Spirit and and by I'm telling you, if it was not <laughs> for the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't even be doing this interview. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to be as strong as I am today to be able to share my story with others. Yeah. When you, you mentioned something that hits it, a question that came to my mind, you talked about how God kind of walked you through who you are. And you had said earlier that one of the hard things about making the decision to divorce is you didn't want to become another statistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and part of that is that statistic like becomes your identity. Right. But God's revealed through your story, taking you from these other identities that you had taken on to a new place. So, you know, today, what is your identity? I am a strong woman of God who is fearfully and wonderfully made, whose confidence and boldness is only by by God because of God's grace and mercy, who of whom he, he gives to me each and every day. I put God before 
anything that I do. There is nothing that I've accomplished to this up until this day that was not by God's hand. Um, I just, as a woman of God, I am also someone that wants to help others to determine what their purpose is. And because there are a lot of people that don't know what their purpose is. And so my heart and desire is to help people to find who they are and whose they are and to discover who their purpose or what their purpose is. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a program that uh, God has me start and it's called the victory walk. And it's a, it's three parts to it. I do um, biblical counseling, life coaching, and then the uh, last part is investing. The biblical counseling part is using God's word to help that individual to restore themselves. And it's usually, it has to start from ground zero. What is the root cause for why you are, where you are today? Mm -hmm. And showing them where God wants them to be and what their purpose is. Once we've uprooted all of the dealt with the past and 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 dealt with what how, what's going on with them today, then we go to the next level. Now the foundation, of course, has to be strong with with God's word in order for them to be able to continue on in their purpose. So once there has been a firm foundation of God's word in that person's life, they know who they are and whose they are. Then they go to the next step of life coaching, which is, well, what is it that you're wanting to do? What has God put on your heart to do? And let's, let's work on getting you to helping you to get to that point of, of, of fulfilling God's purpose in your life. And then the third part is investing in themselves as well as investing in others by sharing their testimony. And it just becomes a, like a cycle. Yeah where it starts all over again. And, and so my heart's desire is for women to, 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 to know God in a way that they've never experienced before, determining what their purpose is, fulfilling their purpose, and then investing in others so that they too can go forward in life. First, I want to just affirm you and thank you for the work that you're doing. The way that you are not just investing in women, but you are really investing all of yourself. You are the your your story. It's a very vulnerable thing to invest the totality of who you are and what you've experienced and to put that out there publicly for others. And so I want to thank you for that. And I also want to encourage you because I I I have a sense that God is at work raising up uh, women to do some powerful things. And (laughs) what's interesting is this season has been filled with amazing women doing amazing things, pouring into the lives of others. And three of Mm -hmm. them specifically in ministries focused on women. It just really stands out to me that I believe that God is up to something big here that you are a part of. And so I want to encourage you in that that God is at work in something that is going to do amazing things through Wove, 
but you are a part of something even bigger on a national and a global scale. I don't know what it's going to be, but I want to encourage you in that. One thing you said that I, uh, you know, one question I have is as you were describing the purpose of, of Wove Inspiration at the start of this, you mentioned that the primary focus was women, but then you said, and the men who love them. And so my question is, what words of advice do you have for the men who are in relationships with women who are on that journey of healing? So I'm going to actually begin with speaking to men that are married. Please, 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 please. If you are not feeling well, if there are some things that you're experiencing within yourself, please. Uh, let your wife know (laughs) what is going on. It is the worst feeling in the world to know that there could have been something that that could have been done had I known that he was feeling the way that he was, but he never communicated with me. Communication is so important in a marriage and, and that includes when it comes to you're not feeling well or you're feeling some kind of ache or pain or whatever, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, honey, I'm not feeling too good. Can we go get, you know, I I might need to go see a doctor or or whatever the case is. Make sure that you communicate that with your wife and make sure you're eating right. Mm. Make sure that you're exercising. Make sure that you're drinking plenty of water. If If I had to leave anything, with men, please drink a lot of water. My husband, when he had a checkup that October, his blood was so thick they couldn't drink, they couldn't draw blood from him because he had not been drinking water. That is so important. Mm -hmm. Please do that. Men in relationships that are looking for the one don't focus on that women same thing if you're i know that you want a relationship and you want that knight in shining armor and and everything don't don't focus on that focus on god first is there anything that your husband did as you were on your own personal journey that you picked up on that you would encourage other men to do as well if their wives are on a journey I would say that um, just make sure you communicate, continue to communicate with each other um, and make sure that you have date nights. Mm. We were married. I was married for 18 years and every day was like a date night for us. We made sure that we spent a lot of time with each other, even if even if we didn't have money, any money, (laughs) we would you know, play games and video games and, you know, may go take out, uh, take walks in the the park or walk in the neighborhood or whatever. Just spending quality time is so important because you never know. Mm -hmm. And communication, communication, communication is the, the, the number one, you know, verbally or physically or spiritually. Yeah. Communicate. Good. My last question is, are there any parting words, any last things that you're like, I I need to say this, the people need to hear this? I just want to 
encourage anyone who's listening that in anything that takes place in your life, know that Romans 8.28 is true, that all things work together for the good of them that love God and who are the called according to his purpose. Everything that takes place in our life, there is a reason for it. And it's all according to God's will and purpose for your life and plan. And it may not make any sense the way that things are transpiring now, even with everything that has taken place in 2020, my God, mm-hmm. and all of this stuff may not make any sense to you right now, but there is a purpose and a plan for us in this in this whole situation. God has a purpose and plan for your life, and you just have to trust and believe that he has your best interest at heart. And just keep looking in his face for the answers. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. What I love so much about Althea's story is that it doesn't stop with her. Her story is an incredible story of that peace that defies understanding existing in the midst of hardships, of some really difficult things. But her story doesn't stop at just her. It doesn't stop at her and her kids. She is exhibiting what this verse in 2 Corinthians 1 says, that God comforts us so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. And that's what Althea is doing. She is sharing her story, a very difficult story, in a vulnerable and transparent way to any who are willing to listen because she wants them to know the same comfort that she knows. She wants them to know the same peace that she has been given. She's doing it through podcasts, through a magazine, through real interactions with real people. She is allowing God's love to flow through her into others. And it's, and it's beautiful to see, but, but this is the most beautiful part is that what she's doing is accessible to you. Not only can you receive that same peace that defies understanding, but you can go and comfort others with the comfort that you have received. You, your story can impact the lives of others through the love of God. Right now, you can take what God has worked in you and impact the lives of others in such a way that it perpetuates it. As they are comforted by God's love through you, then they go and comfort others with the comfort that they've received. And it continues on and on and on. And this, this is one of the beautiful ways that the gospel is spread. It can be easy for us to think of evangelism in terms of boiling down the gospel into a quick one paragraph thing or one track thing, and God can work through that. But we forget that so often the gospel is spread through someone who is in a hard situation 
had an encounter with Christ, were changed, and then went and told others their story. The woman at the well, (laughs) the man who had had legion in him, these people went transformed back into the spaces that there seemed to be no hope, and entire cities came to see God in a new and powerful and beautiful way. That same ability, capacity, opportunity is within you today and the story that God has given you. So I want to encourage you, know that God is at work. He is at work within you. He wants you to know his peace. He wants you to spread his love in a very natural and real and organic way. And he wants you to know that what you think is ahead, he has abundantly more than you can ever ask for or imagine. All we have to do is just trust him and take that step. So do that today. Take whatever the next best step is ahead of you towards God, and then ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash where did you see God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?